Well, that was a very subdued opening. <laughs> that, that was quite pathetic. But anyway, uh, yes. hello well, and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. This uh, yes, this this week we're doing the Dalek invasion of Earth. Yes, so and are uh, you excited about the Daleks being back, Gav? Oh, oh yes, mm-hmm. also favourite, family favourite. If you had a family, I, I don't have a family. <laughs> it's it, it's just my favourite. Nobody else's. Well, that's all right. Tell us, tell us what beer we're drinking this week. Yes, the beer responsible for the rather pathetic opening this week. <laughs> that was shit. Is it's from a local brewery, Acorn Brewery, and it's a beer called Conquest. Conquest for Dalek invasion of Earth. Yes, you would think there was some kind of link there. Yes, it's uh, it's it's quite a coincidence. It is, some would say. And that's why it's a, it's a local brewery, so that's why it doesn't fizz. <laughs> uh, without further ado, or apu, the, this week, Dalek Invasion of Earth, it was uh, first broadcast in October to November 1964 for all you fact fans. Are there fact fans out there? They are fact fans. I know you are a fact fan. I'm a fact fan myself. Yes, because you're the one that puts it into the into the yeah. spreadsheet in the first place. But I'm doing the podcast, so... Okay. I'm sure you will be listening at some point. I will be, yes. You're probably one of the tens of listeners. I'm one of the two people that listen to this, yes. Right. Episode one, at World's End, and it goes thusly. No, it's not the Pirates of the Caribbean movie... It's, uh, it's not. Just before the TARDIS materialises, a man screams and walks into the river, Thames to die. Guess he's heard of Ian too. The doctor says to Ian and Barbara, they might be in England in their time, and they believe him. If they're interested, I also have some magic beans for sale. Anyway, it seems everything is is decayed, and the doctor doesn't think it's the 1960s. Well, that didn't take long. Susan starts climbing for some reason, sprains her ankle and collapses a wall burying the TARDIS under bricks. Thanks, Susan! They split up already, with the Doctor and Ian looking for something to get at the TARDIS while Susan and Barbara just sit, I guess. In the building, the Doctor finds a notepad with 2164 sellotape to it. I suppose that's meant to be a calendar. A man called Tyler appears and tells Barbara and Susan they need to get away from the area. In the warehouse, Ian finds a stabbed corpse in a cardboard box. Did I say I love this episode? The uh, the man has a metal helmet that can apparently receive signals. But no time for that. A flying saucer flies overhead. Or an extra photo of London, anyway. Barbara and Susan find themselves in an abandoned underground station with some survivors. There's Dortmund, the scientist in a wheelchair, who'll definitely survive until the end. Jenny, the angry one. And David, who goes looking for the Doctor and Ian. It turns out that the Earth has been invaded and some of the humans have become Robo-Men. David finds the Doctor and Ian, but they're surrounded by Robo-Men. And in an awesome cliffhanger, a Dalek slowly rises from the river. Episode 2. The Daleks. The Dalek orders that they're taken to the saucer where it's landed and says, Resistance is useless. Hey, it wasn't a cliche then. In the underground station, they're listening to a Dalek on the radio. I hope he's narrating an audiobook. Tyler and Dortmund argue whether they should take on the Daleks, with Dortmund unveiling his Dalek acid bomb, which looks like a Christmas bauble. At the saucer, the Doctor and Ian are shepherded on board, with them noticing the Daleks must have a transmitter for their static electricity power now. Another man tries to escape by running away. Oh, he's killed. Uh, David at the uh, station explains that the Robo-Men are made at the saucer, but eventually they go mad and suicidal. Cue Dr. and Ian after 34 minutes of story time being put in a cell again. Well, it had to happen. Another man there tells them the plague came to Earth and the Daleks took advantage and are now mining something in the middle of England and Bedfordshire. The Daleks consider the Doctor a threat as he's more intelligent than any other human they've met, and they've met Ian, so... There's conclusive proof there. The Doctor gets the key, and the three of them escape from the cell, only for them to be captured again, and for the Doctor to be taken to Robo-Man Central. 
Meanwhile, the Resistance have used Roboman's helmets to get close to the saucer. A battle ensues outside where the Doctor is still ordered to be robotized. Episode 3, Day of Reckoning. Against all odds, the Resistance gets on the ship and doesn't start an Occupy saucer protest but frees the Doctor. The battle isn't going well for the Resistance otherwise, what with the Dalek bombs being as good as Planet of Giants. Ian is left on the saucer, and only four people make it back to the base. Unfortunately, Jenny's one of them. Tyler decides to go off by his own and look for survivors. Dortmund, Barbara and Jenny make their way to the transport museum. Another rendezvous, but if you ask me, they're just doing tourist spots in London. On the saucer, which is taken off for the mine, Ian meets Larry, who is in search of his brother there. That's Larry. Meanwhile, David and Susan are hiding out from the Dalek patrols and getting to know each other. If internet dating doesn't work, try a Dalek attack. Fortunately, the Doctor finds them and rests. At the museum, Dortmund refines his bomb and, while the others aren't there, goes to find some Daleks to, find, to start a fight with, which involves shouting Daleks and three come over. The bomb still doesn't work and he dies for nothing. Jenny and Barbara have to escape again. Meanwhile, on the saucer, Larry's still going on with his brother and that he thinks that the Daleks are mining the magnetic core of the planet. Uh-huh. In London, the Doctor, seeing the bond between Susan and David, agrees with them that they should head north. But around the corner, some robo-men have put a bomb down. Episode 4, The End of Tomorrow. Is that the new Bond movie's title? Anyway, the shock of the bomb causes the Doctor's stunt double to collapse. Guess Hartnell's off this week. David attempts to disarm the bomb with no expertise and with Susan being hysterical. Using the acid from the bombs, he of course eventually succeeds, so they were useful for something. They hide the Doctor and make their way to the sewers to escape. In Bedfordshire, Larry and Ian watch stock footage of mining before they talk to a man called Wells. A Roboman comes over to question them, and Ian and Larry knock him out despite wearing a metal helmet. Wells talks about a black marketee he knows, and Ian mentions he wants to go back to London, but it's apparently destroyed. Guess he won't be doing that then. Barbara and Jenny have got a truck to work and are making a prequel to Thelma and Louise. They smash through some Daleks before they jump free as the, as the saucer destroys their truck. In the sewers, David and Susan meet Tyler again. Susan gets herself into difficulty and David saves her, number 47. David talks of rebuilding the planet and Susan likes this idea. At the mine, Ian and Larry, which really should be a sitcom title, find a creature called the Slither, which is apparently the leader Black Dalek's pet. See? Peta doesn't tell you about that. They find the Black Marketeer, who unsurprisingly isn't a nice person, but it's okay. He's just written that way because the Slither gets him anyway. Then it comes after Ian and Larry. Episode 5, The Waking Ally. To escape from the slither, they both jump into a mining bucket. Ian ensures he'll never be in the Black Dalek's good books and kills the slither with a rock. Back in the sewers, the party have found the Doctor and some Robo-men. A scuffle ensues with the Doctor beating them with his cane. Barbara and Jenny have managed to walk into a small house and ask a couple of crones if they can shelter there. They're not there long when the Dalek turns up, having been informed by one of the crones, and gets food in reward. Psst. In the mine, Larry makes a claim to be the, the new Susan by injuring his knee, jumping out of the mining bucket. They pretend to be part of a work party to try and hide, but are spotted by Roboman, who is Phil, Larry's brother. Phil does not remember them, and they end up killing each other. With Phil's dying breath, he says one word. Larry. Excuse me, I have something in my eye. The alarms sound and Ian escapes leaving a trail of death behind him. Meanwhile, in the country, Susan and David are wrestling placefully. Thankfully, the Doctor and Tyler turn up and say they must stop the Daleks. Anything to stop Susan and David wrestling. Ian spots Barbara in the mine, but can't get to her. Barbara, in order to get to the control room, tells the Daleks the rebels are planning an attack and uses Dortmund's Nords to prove this. Ian hides in the worst hiding place ever, which turns out to be an explosive to destroy the outer planet core. Whoops.
Episode 6, Flashpoint. The Flash wakes in another reality and... Oh wait, no it's not. Ian decides the best thing to do when hiding in an explosive is to randomly disconnect wires. What is it with these people? Luckily, he stops the thing and is able to get out. Barbara and Jenny are taken to the control room, where Barbara gets to the idea to countermand the Rogue Man's orders. The Black Dalek interrogates Barbara about the Rebels, and she tells him about the Boston Tea Party and Hannibal attacking over the Alps, which just confuses the poor Daleks. Then she attempts to use the Robo-Man microphone, but is caught and imprisoned with Jenny in the control room, who tells Barbara she was marvellous. What? Has someone given her Prozac? Ian, meanwhile, has blocked some of the shaft so that the bomb won't be able to go all the way into the earth. The Doctor and Tyler go into the mine. In the control room, just as the Daleks are about to capture the uh, Doctor, the Daleks stop working because Susan and David have destroyed a transmitter. The Doctor and Barbara then order the Roman men to attack the Daleks with the worst Dalek impressions ever. Barbara seems to be doing some kind of Red Indian impression. They all escape just as the bomb is about to reach the blockage and there's an explosion. They've all made their way back to the TARDIS after the Resistance has helped uncover it. The Doctor, seeing that Susan has fallen in love with David, but can't leave the Doctor, makes a decision for her, with him saying goodbye over the scanner and the TARDIS dematerialising. See you, Susan! Goodbye. I, uh, I, I did like her, her <coughs> leaving scene. Mm, it was good. It was good. Because you did shut up during that scene, I didn't notice. Well, you know what to mark it with respect. <laughs> While slightly enjoying it. Although, I, I do like Susan's leaving bits, but did David have to say, I want to marry you? Did she have to go, well, obviously it was the 60s, but, I mean, really, we've known each other for about a week. Let's get married! Well, I think what was happening was that David was uh, realising his mistake and it was trying to go a bit heavy and getting uh, Susan to leave in the TARDIS. <laughs> and it was like a battle of wits between David and the Doctor as to who could get rid of Susan. Well, obviously the Doctor's going to win that. Yes. <laughs> I hope whenever the... Do- TARDIS dematerializes. The doctor, the doctor put his fist into the air and said, "Yes." Talking about the TARDIS, mm-hmm. I do like that in these early adventures they all call it the ship. I mean, occasionally mm-hmm. they call it the TARDIS, but I mean, mostly they seem to call it the ship with a capital S. I've uh, I've not really noticed that myself. It's well, I haven't, it is but I've been reading by. reading some books and things, you know, Doctor Who books, mm-hmm. stories and things. Uh, for the blog that, that people can see on Thursdays when the podcast isn't posting. But anyway, mm. uh, and and that is used a lot. So I sort of noticed it when I was watching when I was watching this. And uh, I just noticing when they landed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor sort of said they'd landed in Earth more by good luck than judgment. Sort of highlighting the fact that he doesn't really know what he's doing with the TARDIS at the minute. It was just landing anywhere and then going out and seeing where he is. Yeah, he's kind of admitted that now. Mm. And I also like how Ian and Barbara don't really seem to be getting angry about it anymore. Yeah, obviously they've got used to it. So here's my theory. Mm. They have uh, they have drugs on the artist. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You can order anything you want from they're, they're, the, they're, they're uh, all from taking the chocolate a, bar machine. They're all taking a bit of hash. <laughs> I want some hash flavoured chocolate bar this time. <laughs> I'm now I'm now telling the TARDIS what exactly you can do with three hundred bars of hash flavoured chocolate. But I think I mentioned it in in the story when I was reading about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Rubble Man committing suicide. Uh, what was there? Forbidden, forbidden to dump bodies. There was the poster saying saying that beside the river. Yeah. Uh-huh. But humans betraying each other. I just love how bleak the story is. Basically, humans yeah. are cunts. Yes. And and it's not all black and white, you know, Dalek's bad, human's good. It's a bit more grey than that, because there are humans that, that are a bit more, a bit more, you know, just yeah. doing whatever they could to survive, basically. Yeah, the, the black marketeers and... 
And the old crones. Yeah, well, the old crone and the and the younger woman. Yeah, people just looking out for themselves, basically. Yeah, yeah. just do it. Yeah, what as you would do. As you'd expect well, as a lot to. of people yeah. would do. Yes, yeah. if if uh, the situation occurred. Because as we all know, people are cunts. They are. <laughs> Even when everything's going fine for them, people are still cunts. Just doing whatever they can to survive, and then to relax. And please themselves. To relax, yeah. they're listening to dialects on the radio. With their, if there are many topical shows and their sitcoms and things like that. Well, you're not going to have much choice when the Daleks basically ruling the earth. I just love the idea of Daleks doing radio programs. I hope there's <laughs> I hope there's a radio version of QI. And now on Dalek Radio for <laughs> QI <laughs> with Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't have the humans sitting, sitting, thinking. I wonder who, I wonder who's on it this week because it'd just be Daleks all the time. This is oh, it's the red Dalek. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. He's so funny. <laughs> there would be a different host every week because uh, he would read out the scores. It would be a human, you see. He would read out mm. the scores, and then the Daleks, whatever Dalek came last, would exterminate him. <laughs> <laughs> so there'd be a new host next week. This is a show I want to watch. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Daleks make everything better. And we, we could have a, like, a Dali version of the Archers. Can't we have an inversion now? Come <laughs> <laughs> on, Daleks, where are you? And then obviously sports <clears throat> with Daleks versus Cybermen. Who oh, yes. People haven't really got to yet. But anyway, <laughs> that's not important. Who cares about people? Obviously not people, because people are cunts. People are cunts, as I believe we've mentioned on this podcast, this very podcast. Yes, uh, a few times already. How time flies. Indeed. Yes, yep. so uh, we were talking about Susan, uh, you know, leaving. We, we were respectful for when she was leaving, mm-hmm. but my God, when she first arrived in this story, she just ruined everything. She can't even be mm-hmm. good in her, in her final story. I mean, she, she resulted in them having to stay there with the whole, I'll just climb up here for no apparent reason whatsoever. And, oh, oh, I've ended up burying this TARDIS. What a shame. I'm so sorry about that. And then yes, she has to be I, rescued every five minutes. Yeah, I, I, it was like just easing her out of it. People making, trying to make people realise that she's a bit rubbish. She is and you're rubbish. not going to miss her. No. Which subtly uh, undermined the final scene. Man. And there was a bit where she was climbing down a ladder and the ladder <laughs> came away from the wall slightly by, mm. what, about six degrees away mm. from the wall? Yes. <laughs> and then she started screaming and then they showed a clip of, of what was below her, which was, which was, a, which uh, was a tadpole. I which think. was literally a, a baby <laughs> crocodile. It was more like a tadpole. <laughs> really? Just climb back up the ladder. It'll be fine. Yes, climb back up the vertical ladder. <laughs> yes. It was as near as vertical as you're going to get. Yeah, she was uh, quite useless yet again. And the sooner she leaves, the better. Oh, wait, it's this episode, is it? I do like at the end that uh, before the doctor left her, she was saying about her something in her shoe, and her shoe had a hole in it. So he said, oh, I'll have to take that away and mend it. And of course, he left her on Earth. So basically, she was left on Earth with one shoe. <laughs> I hope she had to hop everywhere. Yeah, despite her telling the doctor that she's got about 16 pairs in the TARDIS, but <laughs> yes. he didn't let her go and get them. <laughs> Barbara has them now. <laughs> Barbara's really excited back at the TARDIS. Oh, and these? Oh, I like these pairs. And I'll keep these pairs. Oh, no, I don't want these. I'll sell them on Space eBay. Maybe uh, Barbara's been speaking to the doctor what in the saying, background. I, I really like I've Susan's g- clothes. Yes. Is there any way you can get rid of her? I could do with some new shoes. Oh, so I'm fed up with her looking, <laughs> with her looking after her. She's really annoying. Sorry, it's your, it's your granddaughter now, but, but, but she's really annoying. No, yes, no, my dear, I know exactly what yes, you mean. Uh, <laughs> she, she was my student as well. Though. But, uh, yeah, they did have some good scenes, though. Setting up the leaving. Yes, there were, there were nice scenes between uh, what David, Susan, and the, and the mm. Doctor. Mm. 
nice sort of so he sort of noticed what was happening and then them talking to it yeah it was it was good if it was all a bit quick but it was you, a bit you quick. can't flesh I mean, something out like that no. that much can you really that's the problem with Doctor Who and it doesn't really change until the new series that uh, people people find out like people say they're leaving so then they leave in one episode and it's just hey I get, I'm getting married but that that, that, that wasn't quick well it was quick, but compared to some of the others that we'd be right. getting to, it's quite slow. Mm. I'm not but, sure if I mentioned it in the in the summary, but that uh, no dumping bodies in the river poster. Yes, I'm sure you'll put a link to it in the. Oh, links. I I definitely will. But I really want that as a poster. Poster, t-shirt, yeah. house. I don't know. Oh, a t-shirt would be good. Yeah. But yeah, anything, post anything, would be good. It's just awesome. I really want it. It's so iconic of Doctor Who as well, though, in uh, the history of it, if you like. It's, it is. And uh, what I did like is Barbara thought it was strange, because she, obviously she's from this human at mm. that time and place, and then the Doctor showed how sort of alien he was or, or not of that time and stuff. Mm. Because he was like quite nonchalant about it. Because the only thing he think he said was, uh, "It's a stupid place to put a poster." Dead bodies. That's a stupid place to put a poster. No one and, uh, that. And Ian, uh, totally relating to the uh, placement of the poster of uh, dumping grounds for bodies, because this is a perfect place to put it if you were going <laughs> to dump a body. <laughs> Not that I have, of course. <laughs> that, that, yes, I think I, I mentioned that cliffhanger was good. Yeah, with the Dalek coming out of the water. Yes, but uh, uh, yes, coming out of the water, which he was guarding apparently. Yes, I, I don't. Want, I he came out of the water and reprimanded the robo man for it not guarding it properly. <laughs> I, I want to know why are they guarding the water in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> Is this some sort of recreational area for the Daleks? Is they go scuba diving there or something? Keep the resistance away while I go and have some fun. <laughs> well, because uh, the resistance will need water, so they'll be going. They'll be going towards the river to get water. You see, so so the Daleks obviously mm. know that, and so they set up a perimeter. But why is the Dalek playing in the water, though? That I don't know. I think they got fed up being masters of the surface of the Earth, and now mm. they want to be masters of everything underneath the Earth. Now, I think they were playing. Okay. They're the, they were playing the with the fishes. That could be Jacques Cousteau type of Dalek. And he could be recording a radio show about underwater with Dalek Cousteau. Speaking of Robomen, their voices mm -hmm. were rubbish. Did somebody mention that? Yes, and their acting. The, they were more like... Uh, what do you call him from Monty Python? I don't know. Obviously, you don't know. Obviously, this is a <laughs> stupid question. Although I don't know either. So, do you know something? Obviously, no, I don't. Gumby. They were like Gumby from Monty Python. Oh, I am a Robo Man. <laughs> Which is exactly how their voices sounded. Yes, I'm staying on the stupid voices subject. Yes. The Daleks sound like they were saying the bastards of Earth all the time. Rather than masters of Earth, yes, we are the bastards of Earth. There was a great bit where we just, where he just sort of uh, goes towards the camera, saying, "We are the bastards of Earth." <laughs> okay, we get it. No, really, we are the bastards. <laughs> okay. No, you're not getting it. We are the bastards. We are not saying the masters. We are the bastards. <laughs> Maybe they came to Earth to find their actual parents. If I'm going to be taking the literal version of Bastards. Are you retconning it? Uh, yeah, why not? But uh, William Hartnell, apart from the episode he wasn't in, was uh, very good in this in this story, I felt. Mm. With his... Uh, well, it was just great. Yes, and, and especially in the cell scene. Because there was another guy in there which he's, who he's just treated with scorn and, and disgust yeah it's what I love most about the first Doctor the 
superiority that he sort of exudes over everybody else and he looks upon the rest of the human race with scorn because they're all <laughs> stupid idiots yes That's, how are you even breathing he looks at people <laughs> there was a great exchange between him and Ian there were actually a few things that I would have as my quote of the episode in this and I was really but I obviously had to go with the uh, the bit with Susan's leaving, but but there were a few things like there was the bit in the cell where he was talking to Ian, and 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 just owning him so much. Do you do you, do you remember that bit? No, you've just forgotten that. Have you? Have you erased, I, that, erased yeah. that from your mind now? Yes, but I think as we find out, we look at scenes with Ian in different uh, sort of viewpoints. Oh, we're going with reality then. We're we're not really we're not going for the comedy anymore. But what I see Godotti and you see rubbish half the time. No, I've seen a really great Ian. But we'll get to him. Oh. There was there was a bit in uh, um, with the there was a battle outside the Dalek saucer, uh, mm-hmm. and the Dalek was was pulled onto its back, yeah. and and I was just worrying, will that Dalek ever be able to get upright again, or always be on its back? I don't know. That's, that's, it's these not, are the things that could be. They're not weebles, are they? Aren't they? No. Right. Uh, weebles are nice. They don't like taking over planets and things. They don't like taking over planets. No. All right. Susan says to David at one point uh, we could go to a place where they've never even heard of Daleks. Cheshire? Didn't they? Well, apparently not. Certainly not Bedfordshire. And the first thing I thought of was, uh, yeah, that's been working out for you, hasn't it? <laughs> of your <coughs> ten, ten stops so far, you've been to two places with Daleks. That's not that's not a good. Uh, that's a twenty percent fail rate. Yeah, but were they actively looking for places that have never heard of Daleks? Now, apparently, that's what the doctor said. Did you not hear that bit? No. He did. He says, we're right, we're trying not to go to places with Daleks. Don't! Mm. Or maybe I'm just confusing it with The Simpsons, I can't remember. Maybe they should pin a note to the door. If there are Daleks here, go back inside. Or they should pin a note to the outside of the door of the TARDIS. If there are Daleks here, please let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Please knock twice. (laughs) You've got two confused Daleks outside. (laughs) How do we knock? (laughs) All I've got is a plunger. It it makes a sucking noise. I can suck on the door twice. Will that work? Obviously not. See, when you said suck there, all I could think of was Dalek prostitutes. Do you think think they had that in... uh, um in the world of Dalek invasion of Earth? Well, there's, uh, there's Dalek radio broadcasters. There's Dalek radio broadcasters. There, there's, there's Daleks there, with pets, there, there's which da- we'll get to again. There's Dalek warlords. There's yeah. Dalek Supreme. Which, which there's got to be other which, jobs. Which isn't like Chicken Supreme. No, it's not as creamy. No, but it does taste like chicken. No doubt. Daleks taste like chicken. But speaking of the Daleks, <laughs> this being a Dalek podcast. Yes. How strange is that? There's obviously Dalek podcasts on the in this world, but they're just on the radio. And uh, I'd like to listen to a Dalek podcast. Would you? Yeah. I think it might get a bit boring after ten minutes or so. Mm. I certainly couldn't listen to a series of it. Mm. I'd, I'd need to listen to a series to reserve judgment. You need to listen to a series to reserve judgment. Yes. You wouldn't reserve judgment before you listen to it. No. No. You and make I, judgment now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I make it and then I reserve it. And then when you listen to it, you reserve judgment. That's an interesting viewpoint. But uh, yes, I think uh, we've got the first appearance here of uh, what I'm going to call Dalek Steve. The Dalek in training. <laughs> he he gets sent down to uh, investigate the uh, transport museum. Well, 
Yeah, the uh, the upstarts in the transport museum. Upstarts. Yeah. <laughs> Just send down like Steve Hill. <laughs> yes, on on his first mission. Obviously, he's never. He's seen just come out of training. He's never seen humans before. Yes, and uh, immediately uh, walks up to a mannequin without a head <laughs> and questions him. <laughs> yes, I was all ready to complain about that bit until I realised this was Dalek Steve. So, so I, so I, so I, I, I let him pass for that. You've got to love Dalek Steve. Well, he's in training. Yes, uh, obviously we didn't see from him again for the rest of the episode. Not that we knew. Mm. He's a bit like Police he Academy got, he got 4. He's in training. That's an awful joke. But I made it and I'm leaving it. I think it's time to take a beer and delude. Uh, is it? Excellent. I believe so. Uh, of, of the interludes available, the beer one is my favourite. Then let us... I, I, I declare this beer interlude open. I am in the receive position for the beer interlude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said for the beer interlude. I think we've mentioned why we've chosen this beer. Yes, because uh, conquest was uh, loosely related to the conquest of the Earth. Yes. If we do Planet of the Apes movies... Which is unlikely. Which is unlikely. We won't be able to use this... For, all, for, for beneath the planet of the apes. Yes, God forbid we repeat ourselves. <laughs> it's happening all the time. Yeah, Doctor Who will never repeat themselves. But yes, uh, as we said before, it's a local brewery uh, made in uh, Barnsley, Yorkshire, where we live, and it's an IPA. What does an IPA mean, Gav? That's an India Pale Ale. And what does that mean? It means it's, it's, it's a pale ale. It's, it's like pale and shit and things. And so it hasn't been in the sun? No. What do you think of the beer? I, I actually like it. It's, it's quite an interesting flavour. As an, as an IPA, I think it's quite nice, actually. Yeah. Uh, Bit of a damn squib when we opened it, but uh, apart from that, yeah. it's fine. It is quite tasty. I sometimes find some IPAs a bit harsh and shit. sort of too citrusy. No, I don't think. But this has got a nice balance to it. It's a bit. Uh, I don't know what you would say. It's not citrusy. No balance. I like that. Mm. But sometimes, but as I say, sometimes I find them a bit too strong, too harsh. Yeah, flavoured. Yeah, sometimes I do find uh, local ales a bit strong, but but I don't find this one. Uh, this one's about the right sort of uh, the right kind of flavoristy. But uh, although, yeah, it's it's a nice drink. I will drink it again. Would you? Yeah. Would you drink it now? I shall drink it now. Like okay. this. I just drank it now. Very good. So you weren't lying then when you said you would drink it again? No. How about you? Are you going to drink it again or are you going to leave it? I might drink it again, but I might leave it. Obviously, I'm going to drink it again, but but I was trying to see if I could spite you by not drinking it. Didn't work. The power of spite, not strong enough today. (laughs) Not for beer. Does beer overcome spite? Beer greater than symbol spite. Excellent. Because otherwise, spite overcomes most other things. Spite is actually faster than the speed of light. Oh, I certainly believe that. It's it's faster than neutrinos, even. Mm. I think your brain makes a conscious decision about spite before you're even aware of it. I think so. I know so. You know so? Yeah. How do you know this? I, I, I have done, done experiments, experiments yeah. <laughs> In my neutrino form. In your what? My neutrino form. <laughs> your neutrino form. I've got farms for everything. Do you have a controlled neutrino form as well? No. No, of course not. Why would you have this? That's just stupid. No, obviously. Okay, back to the episode. Then. Yes, I guess so. Yeah, I think we should have a bit of two, two, bit of two bit little of factoids. Mm-hmm. Not Desmond. A, a dance. A dance. No, a we're seven. not dancing. No, I, I told you in time and again we're not dancing. Okay. Um, so William Hartnell was injured during this episode. I think I hinted at by mentioning his stunt double. Yes. Uh, it was during episode four. His stunt double came in a bit late then, apparently. Apparently, he did. 
so that so that's so so that happened. Yeah. And also the character that became Jenny. Yeah. The bitch the, with the, the heart of gold. Uh, was originally going to stow away in the TARDIS at the end uh, mm. and become the next companion. Yes, but that but didn't she, work out. She did didn't. Thankfully. So we have to wait for the next story before that happens. Spoilers. <laughs> One thing I did think about was you know how they said London was destroyed? Back in the sense rights. Back in this. Back in this, in this right. in, as far back as this story, as far back as this, someone they had mentioned that London. Someone said to Ian that mm. London was. I thought you would have heard someone talking to Ian. Someone said to Ian that London was oh, destroyed. Was, yes, go on. Uh, I'm just wondering: is this the point where they start building Central City to take over everywhere ever? There's possibilities. I like to think that there are possibilities. Mm. That means nothing to you. It does not. No. no. I'm, I'm guessing that was a PCR. Of course, it was a PCR. PCR being a pop culture reference for you people at home. Yes, which, as you all know, I don't get. Yes. Let's talk about the slither. The slither. The black dog's the, pet. The, <laughs> the, the, the lump of snot. You know. That. <clears throat> now that I am on Earth. I believe I want a pet. <laughs> how how about a cat? No. They look ugly. <laughs> I want something rubbish. <laughs> they run away too much. I want something that cannot move. <laughs> yes, because at one point Larry's, Larry says to Ian, I hope the slither can't jump too. <laughs> I just thought, Larry, it can barely walk on the surface of the earth. Never mind, leave it. Yes, it was like one of the worst chase scenes ever. <laughs> yes, it was a chase scene on a cliff edge, <laughs> which somehow still carried on for a few minutes. <laughs> was a, there's a there were a sort of similar comic to that recently as well regarding the bog. Why they don't run away from the bog, suggesting that the bog moves slowly as well. I'll link to that if you want. Since, yeah. we, since we have mentioned Star Trek, uh, mm. post-atomic horror, postatomichorror.com, mm. it's a podcast about Star Trek and comedy and stuff. Yep. Just and it's good. Thighs. And you should listen and we'll yes. link. You should. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, yes, there's one thing you noticed, Gav. <laughs> yes. Which made me laugh quite a lot <laughs> once I noticed it. But all the Dalek devices that this created seem to have a base. Yes, I, I didn't see this until you put it out, and then that was quite funny. There, yeah. there, was, the, there, was, there was the fire bomb, yeah, which had a which had a sort of sad face on it. I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it looked joyful, but Gav thought it looked sad. Yeah. But I thought it was well the position of the eyes. It, it was it was a bomb filled with glee. Can't wait to go off for me. <laughs> if it was fleet filled with glee, no wonder I couldn't <laughs> wait to go off. Get this thing out my head! <laughs> ah, stop singing. It was the thing that uh, that David decided to randomly just try and get get. To, I don't know, disarmed by any means necessary. Mm. He's never disarmed a bomb before, apparently, but he's only, but he just decided, what I'll do is I'll try and disarm this Dalek bomb. You don't know how to. And then you've got Ian at the end, inside a Dalek explosive. What I'll do is I'll, get, I'll just pull these wires and hope things work. Is it the red or the blue wire? Who cares, I'm pulling everything. Is it the red or the blue wire? What? Oh, these are grey. <laughs> Damn this black and white. Yeah, and then they had the other devices on the wall, which I've no idea what they were, but it just like a big giant laughing face on the wall. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was laughing. I thought it was screaming. <laughs> well, yeah, screaming probably more apt. Yeah. <laughs> but why? Why do? Is it because Daleks don't have faces of themselves, <coughs> so they have to have to build things with faces? But God, I hope so. 
and and do they really want faces? I mean, they seem to want faces. Maybe they're trying to disguise it as humans or something. I'm <laughs> going to make a bomb disguised as a human. There's a face. They'll never God. see it. I wish. <laughs> I wish with that bomb when they discovered there was another, there was a Dalek hiding behind a wall saying, I am not a bomb, I am a human. <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, because they seem to want faces, because they try and mimic humans. I mean, there was the bit where Barbara was talking to one of the Daleks at the end in the control room. And he, he raised his, he raised his eye stock. Which was obviously meant to <coughs> meant to be him contacting the the, the leader Dalek, <laughs> yeah. but if you ask me, he was just rolling his eyes at, at Barbara, yeah. <laughs> which is a much much help more hilarious image. Yes, and a more natural reaction when talking to Barbara. Yes, although she almost did make my quote of the episode, but not quite. Uh, uh, that must have been accidental, though. Another uh, interesting bit uh, was the doctor did say that he only kills beings of immediate threat to his own life. Mm. Interesting to see how that will change throughout the series. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, it's already changed because it's in an earthly child when he was going to rock that guy to death at the beginning. It was only going to brain damage him. It was only going to brain because... He wasn't a threat to his own life, but he was just like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to brain this guy <laughs> to see what it looks like. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he did that, and he didn't like it, so he changed his opinion then. Perhaps I did really like, uh, uh, as I mentioned, the Larry and Phil scene. Which it, so, it, so, it sounds stupid, Larry and Phil scene, but I did really like it because he finds his brother. He's a rogue man. They have, and he has to kill him. And they both die, and just on his dying breath, the Rubble Man says his brother's name. I liked it. Did you Did you like it as well, Gav? It, it didn't affect me. No, because you were no. drinking at the time. Yeah. What else am I going to do? And you only watched it once this week. It, I'll say it weren't as good as the Dr. Susan leaving scene. Uh... I do think that the that the Larry Phil scene. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if it was better than the Susan leaving scene, but it was more unexpected for me when I was watching it. it I, I just wasn't. It was just it was came from nowhere kind of thing. Because it was just like, oh god, he's talking about his brother again. Yeah, let's just get this over with. And then there was something emotional happened, which I was quite, inter- which I was quite interested in. I think my problem was it was poorly acted. This is Doctor Who in the 1960s. What do you expect? Yeah, I know, but at least the bit at the end with the Doctor and Susan, that was well, really well done and acted and shit and things. And it was well acted by William Hartnell, yes. Especially by William Hartnell. Well, only by William Hartnell. Right, only by William Speaking of Susan's ruined things... <laughs> There, there was a great. There was actually a good scene uh, with the Doctor, David, and Tyler talking about defeating the Daleks, and and David says uh, the the Daleks meet, dare to to tamper with the forces of creation, and the Doctor says that this is at the end. Uh, yes, and we must bear, dare to stop them. There's, it was a great scene that com- culminated with that, and then for some reason at the end. You have Susan coming over with with a pan saying, Look, Doctor, it's gone cold. I mean, what the hell was the point of that? I, I'm not a problem. I, I don't really have a problem with Susan all the time, but certainly that line by anyone ever shouldn't have been in that scene. Again, I'm going to say this was uh, to get people used to the idea that Susan's getting leaving. <laughs> and she can't About cook. time. <laughs> She's just annoying. She keeps coming up with stuff like that. It's time to go. Although she did admit she can't cook. Earlier on, she was asked if she could cook, and she said, I eat. But like me, I suppose. Uh, Is that about it, then? Well, one more thing. I just like that the Daleks label everything. Not just just the uh, Dalek Underground uh, symbols. 
that, yeah. that we noticed as well. But but the the machinery and everything that were just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I did like that. That was a good production design thing. Mm. Look at us being nice to you. Mm. Yeah, there must have been underground symbols because they were just everywhere in London. That's what I've decided anyway. It's the Dalek underground. What was <laughs> it? The, the, the Dalek resistance. No, it's it's the service the Dalek provides. Oh right, the Dalek underground. Yeah, yeah, the the do a radio broadcasting service, the do transport. <laughs> oh, I'm really depressed now that the Daleks didn't didn't actually keep the hold of the entire planet Earth. Also, if they just wanted the whole mining thing, you know, to mine out the planet. So they could tra- they could use it as a ship to travel mm. any- anywhere, mm. which is a bit stupid, but anyway. Yeah, they'll lose the atmosphere and all life will die, so... Thank you, Mr. Science. Why didn't they just capture one country? Why do they have to take the hold of the entire planet? Greed. Spite. Possibly. Yes, yeah. uh, their, their machines and everything have labels <laughs> on them, kind of mm. like the way the Batcave used to in the 1960s. Mm. Yeah, like labelling everything. Although this was two years before, I hasten to. That's where they copied it from. They thought the Daleks do that, it must be good. See, I think what they did is uh, when they first occupied the planet, they came across something and they labelled it with a number. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Doctor and Ian came across this bit that they labelled 2157 or something. Yeah. I, it was just the 2,157th thing that they found. It's 2,164. 2,164. Well, whatever it was. I can't remember. I don't remember stuff on Oh, you mean the calendar that wasn't yeah. the calendar? It was just a number. It, it was something with with a number stuck on it. Oh, right. That's what it was. And then they, they stopped doing cataloging. that. And then they just started, you know what? We're in England. We might as well just start labelling things in English. Howard, yeah. which which they did with, with <coughs> some kind of ticker tape. Anyway, never mind. They got the robo men to do that. Oh, uh, uh, that's what they use the robo men as, yes. as temps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's took me all day to label this machine. You, we robo- need some robo men. <laughs> you robo man, you must label this apparently. Dictation. Dear Black Dalek, thank you for your offer for a pet. <laughs> but I'm afraid I am a busy Dalek. So I busy. have extermination to do. You're sincerely. Steve the Dalek. <laughs> brackets Dalek and training brackets. <laughs> Read that back. Do a blog. Dalek, don't read it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, my quote of the episode, there were a few, but I'm afraid it, is, it had to be whenever Susan leaves, which goes thusly. Listen, Susan, please. I've double locked the doors. You can't get in. Now move back, child, where I can see you. During all the years, I've been taking care of you. You and the town have been taking care of me. Grandfather, I belong with you. Not any longer, Susan. You're still my grandchild, and always will be. But now, you're a woman too. I want you to belong somewhere, to have roots of your own. With David, you'll be able to find those roots, and live normally like any woman should do. Believe me, my dear, your future lies with David. And not with a silly old buffer like me. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs. And prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Goodbye, Susan. Goodbye, my dear. It was just too good not to use. It was a good speech. Go on then, what's your Ian moment of the episode? Mine is basically when he tells a, a robo man during a discussion just to get new orders. 
which goes like this. In future, refer all decisions to your masters. Oh my head. What are you doing? We can't leave him here. Do not resist orders. Get new orders. Yes, I, I I did quite like that as well. It was, it even, was though quite I don't, even though I don't believe in the character of Ian, I, I did like that scene. Well, scene mm. vignette, shall we say? It, it was a funny one. It was. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Well, uh, my final thoughts is I really mm. enjoyed this story. It, it was it, a lot better than I remember it being for some reason. It was just very dark. Uh, and it was really uh, it was just so much better than the last Dalek adventure yeah it's it's a good start there's plenty happens all the time and it's it doesn't seem slow like the others no all six parts of there's something happening all the time and yeah it was just, it, it, it was just packed. so dark they were all off there were mm. like three three groups doing different things um and but the only thing, the only main problem with the story, which I think many people say, is that damn slither. <laughs> <laughs> Both that it's there and that it's a pet of the Daleks. Oh, it's a great comedy relief. <laughs> True. We already have Dalek mm. radio. And of course, Dalek Radio. <laughs> and the single greatest thing about the episode, Susan's left. Susan has left. Let's she all is throw gone. a party. What more can you ask for? Ian to leave? No, it's never going to happen. Well, it is going to happen. It's not. He's going to stick, stick with him till like the 13th incarnation. Yes, obviously, because he can't wait to uh, leave. Anywho, moving on to the questions. Ah, question time. We have two questions. Two? Well done. Would you like to read the first one from our old friend Stephen? I can read the first one if you want. There we go. He says, Dear drunken travellers through time, Following Stephen Moffat's announcement earlier this year that the Daleks would be arrested, what are your thoughts on the Doctor having recurring enemies? Would you rather see new protagonists, or are you happy seeing the take-your-pick-of-the-long-time nemesis defeated again? I guess that if you come from a comic reader's background, having a recurring cast of villains is all part of the charm, so personally, I enjoy returning enemies. I felt that the frequency of the return, however, had gotten too great with Daleks, for example, showing up once or twice a season, so I was glad to see them take some steps to resolve this. Do you not care how often a character or race reappears so long as the quality of the storyline is good? What to say you both? As long as the storytelling is good, I'm generally fine with it. Yes. However... Go. I don't want to see villains and things returning so often like say the master did in in the 80s I think he was there mm. every other episode although having said that the master was there every every story in the 70s well in the John Pertwee's 70s stories but yeah so I think I think when I when I said yeah, well, as long as the storytelling is good, I don't care. Yeah. I think my main problem with the Daleks at the moment is that the bad storytelling is the bad storytelling. Yeah, Dalek was good by Robert Schumann. Yeah, and then what was the first one after that? Don't know. It was was it the New York one straight after that? Oh, no, 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 it wasn't. Wasn't it? No. No, there was another Rose one. No, the one after that was the Dalek and Cybermen one. With the yeah. Daleks and the Cybermen doing trash talk. That was good. Well, especially the trash talk bit, anyway. <laughs> but then after that was, was the two-part Daleks in Manhattan. Yeah, particularly wasn't good. 
That wasn't great, but it did feature the two Daleks chatting to each other like they were beside a water cooler. The greatest Dalek <coughs> comedy moment in history. Yes, with one of the Daleks looking behind him to see if there was anyone watching. But I do think the worst Dalek story ever, well not ever, did I really do ever? Uh, one, one, it was just awful. Recently, yeah. It was the recent victory of the Daleks. God, that was terrible. <laughs> Although it was, fun. it was, it was getting on, it was getting on nineteen, getting on black and white nineteen sixties hilarity, because he defeated the Daleks kind of thing at the end, uh, and then uh, and then it was just, we've defeated you, no, uh, because uh, because the android we created, um, quick is, quick think of something quick, it's a bomb, it's a yes. bomb, yes, <laughs> good one, Steve. Because obviously you can hear there, Steve has risen up through the ranks. <laughs> I hope you'll join us for this tale of Steve rising up <laughs> through the ranks. Because it is a heartwarming story. But, uh, yeah. yeah. A bomb, really? That you can overcome by... With emotion or something? Yes. Oh, I forgot about that bit. That was awful. You, you can deactivate the bomb by... With love. But there have been very good Dalek stories. Let's not let's not let's not complain about Dalek stories all the time. Yeah, it's just when they're bad stories. It's just when they're bad, they're yeah. bad. Because otherwise, I like the Daleks. I like the Cybermen uh, appearing yeah. as long as it's a good story. I think it's better for there to be more new aliens than old ones appearing. Maybe a sixty forty ratio, shall we say? Of new to old. Of new to old. Because your new ones mm. aren't always going to work. Mm. So you want you want well, new yeah. you want new ones new one offs and you want to see which work and then you can keep and then mm. but you know you want the old ones to keep people happy and shit. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good way, shall we? Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with that. But yeah, I do like to see all enemies. Especially some of the more prominent ones, sort of recur. I don't like to see some of the more. But with the TV series, some better stories, please. Yeah, not that we think the the new TV series is rubbish. It's by Mm. by 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 God, it's not. I I just think in the new just the Dalek one is. I think in the TV series, especially the Daleks have been poorly treated story wise. They have recently. Which is a shame. Which is a shame. Because they are very good characters. Well, anyway, move on to the uh, second question. That's two in... Wow, what's that? Two questions, and the next question is from Ian the Inebriated Alaric. Somebody we don't know. And he's also inebriated. Excellent. So that's going to be good. We always welcome drunken <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Because we're drunk, so why don't they be drunk? Uh, and he says, Hello, both calves. Really, really enjoying your podcast. And I'm glad you are including the missing stories. I hate people who do marathons and miss them out. So do I. Mm. Why would go- you miss them out? They're available for people. They're available, yeah. yeah. Why would anybody miss them out? Because they're lazy. They don't. They want to read, like, text and pictures and things. I know they're char at times. They, 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 they are, but I mean, if if we miss them out, you wouldn't see Marco Polo, would we? Yes, which is a fantastic star. Exactly. And you would miss half of Patrick Trenton's stuff. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, and he goes on, Just because some daft twat put a match to half the black and white series was in 1972 doesn't mean they're part of the magic tapestry that is Doctor Who history. Anyway, I have a question for you both. If you were the Doctor... Which two companions from the series would you want to travel with? You have one male and one female. And you could choose from any Doctor Who medium. Oh. Oh. Keep up the good work and have one for me. We will. Thank you. I'll have one now, thanks. <laughs> Always good to hear from ah, you. Thank you. And you, Stephen. Um, mm. Right. Any medium. Okay, that's thrown me now. So, yeah. Obviously, I hasn't thrown you because you don't know anything. Uh, 
because uh, I was going uh, through the the male counterparts. Yes. I'm thinking I wouldn't take Ian with me because that would like be taking your teacher or your master with me. You you don't want to take well, somebody yeah, the who's thing better is, than he yourself. Said, uh, who would you want to travel with? Yeah. You'd have to be someone you wanted to travel with. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't want Ian. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be looking up to my companion <laughs> all the time. Yeah, Gab's only three foot four. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Jamie's all right, but he's a bit stupid. Well, you could be looking down to him then. You could bring Ian and Jamie, and you could do you could do a version of the two run, of the two Ronnies and John Cleese uh, working class catch. Could I class Jamie as a girl because he wears a skirt? Yes. Yes, that's mine sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, in the TV series, you gotta go with Rory. I was thinking Jamie. Right here's my thing about Rory. Go. Yes, go. Rory's great, and he's fun. Oh, I do think he's mm. the best male companion. But my whole thing is spite. Spite. People. <laughs> people are treating him like uh, Chuck Norris. They're doing all these these gifts and and pictures and things and about how he's the best thing ever and everything. And it's just like. Why don't we just dial it, dial, dial it back a bit? He's not the best thing ever. He is. He's great. Half these people haven't even seen the whole series. You know, there's other stuff to watch. Not just the, not just the new series with Rory. I mean, I do like Rory and I think he's great. But it's just making me not hate him, but like, like him a bit less. That's all I have to say. Fair so who would your male companion be then? I think my male companion would be Frobisher. Interesting. The Is he technically male? The Well that's the thing, you see. I believe he is. The Wifferdill. Do you like how I know that off the top of my uh. head? The Wifferdill who travelled with the sixth doctor and the seventh in the comics. Who is a shape changer but uh, travelled in the shape of a penguin. So yes, they they travel. The, the sixth Doctor travelled with a talking penguin, and I love that. Yes, I think I would bring Frobisher with me. He, he seems like he would be fun. I'm thinking myself, possibly Hex. Oh, we're off. We're off all over the place now. Yes. Tell us about o- off of the uh, big finish line. He's, uh, he's a nurse, but I, I think we have a lack of what maybe? S- sort of interesting males or there's useful Rory and males. There's Jamie. That's about it. Yeah. You can't say Tarlow because he's a traitor, mm. but he became nice at the end. And, and uh, Andrek is just rubbish. Yeah. Can I have canine? He's canine a male. Oh, you haven't you haven't thought of uh, Harry Sullivan, who travelled with the Fourth Doctor uh, first, the start of his run. He's, he was, yeah. he, I like him, but mm. but I stand by I stand by Frobisher. Yeah, I think of them. I'll stick with uh, Hayes, 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 X, Hayes, Hex. Who's your uh, Who's your female then? Now this is a difficult one because there is so many. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking possibly Romana Velasquez under the second. Yes, I, 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 yes, I would thought you would have gone with him. I do like her. She's a very good companion. Uh, I also think Zoe would make a good companion. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately I would have to go with. Leela. I would have to go with Leela. Uh, tell us a bit about Leela for the people who haven't got that far yet. But not too much. Yes, uh, Leela was uh, a companion the fourth doctor met. Uh, she was very sort of a warrior, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say so. Um, anything else to add? My female, I would say, would be Ace. 
also who, a good who, show. Who you almost mentioned earlier on when you were talking about Hex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, she, she was a companion of the Seventh Doctor. So we'll be getting to her in about eight years. <laughs> Look forward to that. Yeah, she was a, yeah, a very good companion. Uh, proved herself useful more times than not. More times than not. Yes. Unlike Susan. Uh, so if any of you have any questions, uh, or, or if you want to write in again, it's uh, drunkentimetravel at gmail.com. Or, or on Twitter at drunktimetravel.com dot com. Oh, ignore me. I'm just talking rubbish. It's at drunktimetravel, <laughs> and the website is drunkentimetravel at blogspot.com. We're also available on iTunes. Next time it's you, mm-hmm. Gav. So tell us what you'll be doing. Yes, I will be uh, synopsing or synopsizing. Something like that. I haven't made a way up for it yet. But The Rescue. And that will be on the 5th of January next year. So it's goodbye from you. And it's goodbye from me.